You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. I am pleased to be joined today by Dr. Gluss, clinical psychologist and addiction expert. How are you doing today, Dr. Gluss? I'm doing great, Damon. It's good to see you again. Great to see you. And just just for the people listening here, I always refer to Dr. Gluss as Dr. G. That's how I know him. So if I if I say, hey, Dr. G, what about this? What about that? That's what I'm talking about. That's great. As long as you don't call me those other names that you sometimes call me, I'm good with it. <laughs> I, I'm going to try to refrain because, you know, I don't want the listening audience to go through all of that. But I'm right. so glad to have you. I've wanted to have you on the show for a long time. You know, you are an addiction therapist and a clinical psychologist, and you have kind of seen it all in the field of addiction. And I wanted to have you on to talk about something that I know the recovered life community sometimes is confused about. And I've heard a lot of people in recovery confused about it. And it is the role of a therapist in addiction recovery. Could you kind of give us a little insight on this? Exactly, you know, I know th people think what therapists do, but they might not totally be sure. Well, first of all, we all know this, Damon, that when it comes to recovery, it really does take a village. You have to get as many people around you as you can who are going to give you positive support. And everybody plays an important role. A coach, going to 12-step meetings, a nutritionist, whatever it is you need to do to get healthy is important. So in my, you know, in my thought, well, my thoughts are a therapist is someone that deals more, let's say, with the unconscious and tries to get you into the deeper issues that may have caused you to use substances, to use alcohol, a behavioral addiction. So we really want to dig deep and get into all that material and then be able to give you uh, tools to be able to stay as sober and as recovered as possible. A coach gives you a little bit more of, um, you know, uh, uh, inspiration, motivation, keeps you going, uh, gives you uh, goals that you have to reach. So a coach and a therapist can work perfectly together. The therapist tends to go into the unconscious. The coach takes that unconscious material, and then they help keep you motivated, help keep you focused. So to me, it's a great team. Yeah. I, you know what I, you know, it's interesting because when you look at recovery, when you look at people that are coming in and deciding, Hey, I think that I want to get sober, you know, we think of 12 step groups, but a lot of people kind of have the realization that aha moment, if you will, Dr. G sure that they have an alcohol or drug problem or addiction problem through therapy, right? They might not totally, they might maybe in the back of their mind have an idea that something's up. But when they're actually sitting with a therapist and they're doing a session, they have that aha moment. Hey, I've got, I, I have an addiction issue. Right. And, you know, when, when I'm working with a client, I like to, especially a client in addiction, in my mind, I set, I do two things. I look at the person and I look at the disease and I try to treat both and treating both can be different. So when a person is deep into their disease, they may need uh, a rehab they may need a detox. we got to get them out of that process and back into who they are. 
And then therapy can be the most effective. So we were, I work together on both levels. And, you know, I don't understand this thought in the recovery community that you have to be mutually exclusive. Like you have to choose a coach or a program over therapy. I say, take the things that are going to make you the most powerful. Because we know this, Damon, a lot of times the addiction is a cause of a much, much deeper issue or an undiagnosed mental health condition like borderline personality disorder, bipolar disorder, a deep depression, any kind of personality disorder. So if we're not going to look at those aspects, along with the, let's say, community, the insight that a 12-step program gives you or a coach, it's going to be very hard to be successful. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you said that because I I do think that there is a stigma, especially old time 12 step groups. I know that there was a stigma to go to therapy. It's like, well, you have an alcohol problem. You're now in a 12 step group and that should be a one and done. And you know what I love about what we've created with the Recovered Life Show and the Recovered Life community is, it's exactly what you said. Pick what actually works for you, right? What's going to make that impact. I love it. I think one of the things that I've noticed about therapy is that you can go a lot deeper and it's a lot more individualized than let's say a peer support group. Exactly. But you know what? Then a support group also can give you a sense of community. It can give you a sense of connection. A big issue for a lot of alcoholics or people doing drugs is that disease of what I call, and a lot of people call the disease of isolation. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're isolated alone, you know, at home. You could be isolated in your mind in a group of people. So learning how to attach, learning how to connect to other people, learning how to be social is so important in your recovery. And that's something that a lot of 12-step groups, other groups offer. And then you, you know, you layer it with the intensity that individual therapy can offer and the support. And then I believe you increase your chances of being successful and not relapsing. Oh, I agree. You know, I have seen just in my experience in coaching and just my experience of staying sober for several decades, I've seen so many people, what I call trapped in the church basement, right? They're just trapped in a 12-step group. They're they're trapped maybe in a in some other group. And they, they're unwilling to really deal with the other things that are coming on. Because one of the things that I've noticed in the process of getting sober, a lot of things come up. And you were talking basically these stacked addictions, right? There's a lot. Of, you might be addicted to alcohol or drugs, but you also might be addicted to something else or have some sort of other mental health issue. And I see so many people being trapped because quite honestly, Dr. G, I think a lot of people are so they've been through such a process to get sober that they have fear about going to therapy because they don't know really what they're going to uncover. But fear is an important part of growth and being able to manage that fear and move forward is so important. And therapy can give you those tools. Like you said, if you're stuck in the basement and there's a lot of fear, you've got to find a way to manage that and you've got to find a way to get past it or you're never going to get the life that you want. And we've talked about this before, Damon, to me, The thing that's going to give you the most success in recovery, and it sounds like a cliche, I know everybody says it, is you got to find that passion. You got to figure out who you are, what's important to you, and how you're going to move forward. 
Because eventually, if you keep on that path, and it's going to have a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, but a lot of reward, I believe, and I what I've seen the most successful with people is they just get bored of using. They don't like that life anymore. They don't like the constant up and down. They actually get motivated and excited about what they see in the future. And then they, the other extremely important uh, thing to remember is you've got to have the support because without the support, you're going to get into that crazy addicted mind and you're going to, you know, relapse again. I've seen it a million times. It's like that old, uh, what we called it, I'm from Canada. We called it snakes and ladders. I think you have a different name here, but you, you go up the ladder and then you fall down. So support and passion are two of the most important things, I believe, in you know staying successful in your recovery oh i i absolutely agree with you you know the thing that's interesting is that once we get sober right and we're in recovery we start to notice these other things and i think one of the disservice with 12-step groups has been is that it's a catch-all for everything right and it's not a catch-all for like i think 12-step groups and also coaching and things like that work really well to, to be able to string together a plan and days to actually stay sober so you can stay sober long-term, right? And to gather some of those skills. I ha I don't see it as effective maybe if you have a lot of relationship issues and you start to see these patterns when you get sober, right? And you get stuck in these modalities, you can't get out of them. I think that's the big opportunity for therapy is that you could dive a lot deeper into it. Can you tell us a little bit about what people can expect if they've never been to therapy? Maybe they're sober for 10 years, but there's still some of these issues that are going on. What can they expect in therapy? Yeah, let me just answer. Let me just, I want to answer uh, the first part of your question. Well, your statement, I want to comment on it. One of the things that happens to people a lot in the recovery, you know, especially at the beginning as they go through this honeymoon phase and it's all amazing. They're never going to use again. And we've all seen, and that's great. But the real work happens when all the resistance comes up, all the fears and a coach will face that. And many times I work with a lot of coaches, they get so frustrated because they'll say, I can't get the person to the next place. And in therapy, we have the ability to try to dig into the resistance. What's the resistance? Both, you know, usually mentally, that's not allowing you to move forward with your coaching experience. So that's what I mean about both of them working together. So as far as um, what to expect in therapy, it's a funny thought. You know, my first thought was a best friend, that you're going to create a relationship. It's going to be professional but you're going to be able to tell your story in therapy without anybody uh, judging you or commenting on it as far as in a judgmental way. But it's so important for people to find their narrative, to tell their story, to be able to hear what they've gone through. And then you, once you're able to establish that with a therapist that you trust, the therapist is going to be able to give you insight into uh, you know, why you've done what you've done, something that is very hard to do on your own. It's like going to a surgeon. You know, it's like doing surgery on yourself. It's very difficult. Yeah. 
So you get that insight and then you start to process through that insight. And the insight will change when you're able to take the insight and put it into action and create life experiences that are going to you know, help you grow. It's just like if you were training as an athlete. You can do as much as you want in, in training, but eventually you're going to have to get on the field. And the therapist and the coach are going to work in two different ways to keep you on that field. And also both of them are going to give you some coping skills, life skills that are going to enable you to move forward. So it's an interesting dilemma is not the right word. It's an interesting situation. You have to create a dependency in order to eventually get independent. I love that. I, I like how you present that because I think it's a lot less scary for people. And I know a lot of people that are in recovery, Dr. G, that um, mm -hmm. really have wanted to go to therapy, but are afraid, right? They're afraid of maybe what they'll uncover might actually cause them to relapse and not come back, right? I've heard that a lot from people. And I love how you presented this as, you know, this journey that you're going and you're collecting these things that work. Listen, when we come back from this quick break, Dr. G, I want to dive into how to pick the right addiction therapist. Sure. Because I think that's what it's all about, right? Like you want to pick the yeah, right one. You got to pick your best it. friend. It should be just Absolutely. like Absolutely. So we're going we're gonna to get the secrets from the guy who does it. <laughs> Dr. G, we come back from this quick break. If you are newly sober, trying to get sober, or you've been sober for decades and are looking to take your sobriety to the next level, the Recovery Breakthrough six-week transformation concierge coaching program might be right for you. Have Damon Frank and Christina Dennis build a custom roadmap to get you on the path to getting what you really need. Receive hands-on concierge coaching and stay focused and productive with our daily check-ins. If you're ready to experience your recovery breakthrough and start the journey towards the transformation you deserve, book a free get to know you call today and find out what is possible in your recovery. To find out more about recovery breakthrough and to book your free call, go to recoveredlife.us. That's recoveredlife.us. You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And we're back with Dr. G, clinical psychologist and addiction expert. Listen, before the break, Dr. G, we were talking about therapy and that decision that some people that might be listening to the show right now are saying, hey, you know what? I think I want to give therapy a try, but I don't know how to pick the right therapist. So I know this is a big question, Dr. G, but how do you do it? I, I Well, I tell people to look at a few things. First of all, there's a lot of different kinds of therapists out there and there's different levels of training. So it's good to understand what someone's background is. Uh, I'm not, all of them, you know, you can find good therapists no matter what level of training you've had. But there is a difference between a psychologist, marriage family therapist, a social worker. So, and a lot of them do therapy, but the training is different. So you may want to uh, check out a few different people at the beginning and see who you connect with 
So looking at someone's background training is very important, making sure they're licensed appropriately. The next thing I would do is, I, I joked with you, but I said it's like picking a best friend or going out on a date. You've got to be able to go into that room and see whether or not you feel comfortable with that person. If you're not feeling comfortable with that person, it's going to be very hard for you to open up and uh, you know progress in your therapy. So monitor that. It's very important. Obviously, you know, finances come into it. Therapy is a long-term treatment most of the time, not all the time. So try to do something that you can financially afford over a long period of time. Uh, recently, Damon, I had someone call me and they said, you know, Dr. G, I, you know, I have a crystal meth addiction. I think I get eight sessions on my therapy. Do you think you can cure me? in eight sessions. I said, no. And they said, well, how long do you think this is going to take? And I said, I have no idea. But I think eight years is probably closer to the reality than eight sessions. So yes. that's yes. what I mean. It's a lifetime. Um, it, it really is a lifetime relationship. I have had patients be with me for years, then leave, then come back. That's why also I want to say it's very important to keep a professional relationship because in my mind, once a client, once a patient, always a client and a patient, my job is to be available to you. And, it, you know, that may be, you know, five years later after you've seen me initially. So it's my responsibility to protect the relationship. So I love uh, that. I love that. You know, because I think there's so much fear into doing this. And I think, you know, what's the role specifically, Dr. G, with picking somebody that understands addiction? Because one of the things I know that was a, a fear for me is I didn't want to go in anywhere and kind of have some sort of psychological op run on me where somebody goes, oh, you're not an alcoholic or you're not, you know, you don't really have a, what's really going on is this. When I knew deep down inside after being in recovery for several decades that, yeah, I am an alcoholic, right? Like, so is it important to find somebody, even if you're not dealing with necessarily the addiction side, maybe it's a relationship issue or a trauma issue that really doesn't directly have to do with addiction. Is it important to find somebody who understands that? I think it's important to find someone that you feel understands you. Because a lot of times the addiction is a result of many other issues. I'm not saying all the time. Now, most therapists, especially working in LA where we work, are going to have experience with addiction because it's so prevalent. Um, so addiction specialists is always great because they might understand the nuances of addiction. They have a lot of experience in that area. They know what to expect. But I don't think it's necessarily a must sort of qualification. I think it's great. But the bottom line is you've got to feel comfortable with that person you got to feel like they understand you. They're giving you insight. And you got to sit back and think, am I really growing? Am I really connecting with that person? So, yeah, I, I love that. I love, And, you know, the one in, I, I want to go back to something that you addressed about the, the patient that came to you and said, can you cure me in, in eight sessions, right? Obviously, that's a perspective issue that as you get more into recovery and you're more recovered and you're putting together the days and the weeks and the months and the years, you start to have a different perspective about what addiction means and what it, what it's like to live in recovery long-term. Right. Um, 
as far as the going on and off of therapy, right? Because a lot of people are like, well, they have to check in at least every couple of weeks to a, maybe a 12-step meeting or a coach or some sort of peer support. With recovery, with recovery therapists, right? With with an addiction, is right. this something that you have to go all the time? Or do people sometimes go to therapy for a while, take a break and go back? Because I know there's been a lot of questions about that. I think the way to look at it is, yes, people do it for a while. I never give a timeline. People ask me how long. Nobody. The truth is nobody knows. You're uncovering secrets. It's like being in a minefield. You don't know what you're going to discover. So when someone comes to me and says, how long is this going to take? I honestly say, you have to judge what take is, like what your level, what you want to accomplish in your life. And I just don't know because I don't know what's going on. But I do say, I think we're going to get to a point where we're both recognized. It might be time to try to do other things for a while or that you're in a space where, um, you know, like I'm thinking of someone I've, I've been working with for a long time who went through a terrible divorce. And during that time, for about two and a half years, I went on and off seeing him twice a week. And, you know, sometimes twice, sometimes once, but very steadily. Now that he's come to the other side of it, he's actually dating this new woman. He feels really good about her. We went down, sort of titrated to once every other week, knowing that if a crisis happens, he could come back. But what what is most important is a lot of times people want to bolt right when they get to the stuff that they need to talk about. And, you know, the fear overcomes them and that's when they want to quit therapy. And I've said to people when they get to that point, they go, well, I want to cut back. I go, really? I was thinking we should increase the sessions because <laughs> you're, you're really afraid of talking about what we need to be talking about. And if you're not going to talk about it now, you're going to talk about it two years later when things get much worse and you've relapsed and maybe ruined part of your life or gotten arrested or whatever happens. So we're at that point now, you might as well deal with it right now. Absolutely. You know, Dr. G, final thought here for sure. somebody who might be listening to this and is really on the fence. They want to go to therapy, but they're a little, but they're a little scared. What would be your, what would be your final thought to them? What would be your message to them? Give yourself permission to have the experience of therapy. Do it for a few months and then see how you feel. I tell people that all the time. You're not going to know until you actually do it. And people say this to me all the time. And I, in my old age, I've come to this conclusion. They'll say, do you think everybody needs therapy? And I go, absolutely. I think it should be a requirement. I think therapy is amazing. It's helped me a great deal in my life. Uh, I think if you find a skilled professional who is licensed appropriately, it could change your life dramatically, along with all the other tools that we've talked about, Damon. So if you want success, you just have to have a life experience of it, and then you're going to know whether it works for you. And sometimes it doesn't work because you found the wrong person, but that's different. And I say go on and like dating, go on and see if you can find a more appropriate person. It might be, it might take more than just the first that you might have oh, to go on a couple of dates, right? Exactly. I mean, we all know that. <laughs> Who went on one date and found their mate? 
Exactly. Exactly. Not not many people. Not many people. Doctor Howard Gluss, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We're going to put how you can reach Doctor Howard and more about him in the show notes, and you'll see him in future episodes of the Recovered Life Show. Thanks so much for coming on the show today, Doctor Howard. It's been a pleasure, and I want to wish everyone lots of luck in their recovery. Thanks. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free, and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.